Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis chapter 17 how God's circumcision covenant was a conditional promise based on Abraham keeping his part of the covenant. This message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org or available on iTunes just by searching for the Friendship with God podcast. Now, we appreciate your listener support, but we also need your financial support as you, the listener, helps to support this Bible teaching, Old Testament teaching radio program with Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program. So to encourage you to support this radio program and Jewish Evangelism Outreach Ministry, we're offering Tom Cantor's DVD series, Genesis, the Book of Beginnings. You can get the video teaching series on this. We've got four DVD packs. Now, within each DVD pack or each series, Genesis 1, Genesis 2, Genesis 3, Genesis 4, each one has four DVDs with three video messages and teachings on it from Tom Cantor. So you've got four discs in each series. You've got 12 messages in each one, 48 messages in total, and 16 DVDs. We're offering this for your support to the Friendship with God radio program. For $80 or more of support this month, we'll send you all four of these DVD teaching series from the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. We'll send this to you for your support of $80 or more to the Friendship with God radio program. So again, this Genesis 1, Genesis 2, Genesis 3, Genesis 4 DVD teaching series, 16 DVDs and 48 messages, all yours for $80 or more donation to the Friendship with God radio program. You can call us now or after the program at 800 247 3051 800-247-3051. And again, your donation continues to help keep this radio program on this station in your city. 800-247-3051. And get this Genesis Book of Beginnings teaching. You can also go to friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can go to our online bookstore, and there you can purchase this for $80, the Genesis 1 Genesis 2, Genesis 3, Genesis 4, DVD teaching on the Book of Beginnings from Tom Cantor. Again, 16 DVDs, video teaching from Tom Cantor on the Old Testament. So again, go to friendshipwithgod.org or 1-800-247-3051. Now here's Tom Cantor teaching us from Genesis 17 on how God's circumcision covenant was a conditional promise based on Abraham keeping his part of the covenant. Let's look to the author in prayer. Father, we look to you now as you are not only the great author, Lord, you're the great revealer. And so, Lord, we present ourselves to you today and ask you that you would open our hearts as we open this book. Lord, that you would shine onto us the truth, Lord, because you are the light. Thank you for hearing us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, now please follow along here as I read in Genesis chapter 17. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make a covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant 
to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. This is my covenant which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. And ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you. Every man-child in your generations, he that is born in the house or bought with money of any stranger which is not of thy seed, he that is born in thy house and he that is bought with thy money must needs be circumcised, and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised man whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken my covenant. And God said unto Abram, as for Sarai, thy wife, thou shalt call her name, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, and I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a man be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah, that is ninety years old, bear? And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. That's as far as we'll go this morning. Now, God says here, as we look at this passage, some very important things, especially as we look in, in verse 9, where he begins to speak to Abraham about Abraham's part in God's covenant. He has a part in his covenant here, and it's very important that we see this because this is something for Abraham to do. This is something for his seed to do. And because Abraham and his seed had to do this, this part of the covenant, you wouldn't call this an unconditional covenant because there is a very real condition in this part of the covenant, and we can see this condition in verse 9 with the words, thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore, thou and thy seed after thee and their generations. So what God is saying in verse 9 is that Abraham and his seed, they were to keep God's covenant. This was a responsibility of Abraham and his seed. Abraham and his seed were responsible for this. They were to keep this part of the covenant. And in verse 10, God identifies exactly what that part is that they were to keep, where it says, and God said, this is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you, thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. That's the word, moil in Hebrew, circumcised. And you shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token, is the word God used, a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you, every male child, and so forth. Now, the covenant that Abraham and his seed were to keep was the moil covenant. It was the covenant of the cutting of flesh. It was the covenant of circumcision. And in this verse 10, God told Abraham that circumcision was for 
every male child, every single one. It was a universal requirement for every male child. And that's why it's done. Uh, it's done, of course, among uh, many people, but it's done among the Jewish people when a child is eight days old. You know, the joke is that's why they do it when he's eight days old, because if he got any older and had a chance to think about it, then the child would opt out and said, no, I don't want to do that. But in verse 11, God told Abraham certain things about the circumcision. He said that the circumcision, he said, it shall be a token. That's the word, a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. God used this very special word, token, to describe the circumcision. It's an interesting word. It's the, it's the Hebrew word is the word ot, ot. It means ot. And it's translated here, token, but it also means sign. As a matter of fact, when you look at the 79 times that this word ot is used in the Bible, 60 of those times it's translated as the word sign. That's the way we should think of it, as a sign. This word ot was used to describe the miracle plagues that God brought on Egypt. And when Moses spoke about those miracle plagues, those 10 plagues, which were miracles from God, in Numbers 14.22, Moses used the word ot to describe the plagues. They were ot, these plagues were. They were signs. Signs of what? Signs of the power of God. Signs of the might of God. Signs that God means business when he says that he wants to call his son out of Egypt. When he, God means business when he said to Pharaoh, let my people go. And in order for them to do that, in order for him to do that, of course, we know he brought the 10 plagues, but those plagues were signs and messages to a Pharaoh and to the Egyptian people that God meant business. Now, the word oat is also used for the keeping of the Sabbath. The keeping of the Sabbath, the keeping of the Sabbath. Big deal is made over the keeping of the Sabbath, the seventh day. That was only to be for the children of Israel. That was only for the Jewish people. And God said that it was an oat, that when they kept the Sabbath, it was an oat. It was a sign. It was a token. It was an indication. An indication of what? An indication that the people who kept the Sabbath believed that God created the earth in six literal yom, six literal 24-hour periods. And so God was saying, you believe that, that God created the earth in six literal days and then rested on the seventh day, then you rest on the seventh day, he told the Jewish people, as an oat, as a sign to the world that you believe that God created the earth in six literal days, and so therefore you rest on the seventh day. So this word oat was used as a sign, it means sign, and it was used to tell that there was a meaning behind what was being done here. And so the word oat was first used in Genesis chapter 1 verse 14. We've actually studied it, and it was used when God put the stars in the sky, he said that he put the stars in the sky as an oat. In other words, as a sign. The stars in the sky are a sign. They're an indication. Now, with all this in mind, the Sabbath, the miracle plagues in Egypt, the stars in the sky, now he uses this word, this very same word for the circumcision. And we understand as God uses this term 
that the word, that the ot is a sign, as an outward sign of something that's happening inside. You see, as the miracle plagues was an outward sign of the might of God, of the love of God for Israel, of how God wanted to call his people out. And so the signs of the miracle plagues, those were the signs of that. In the same way, the Sabbath, when they would keep the Sabbath, it was a sign. They believed that God is the creator. And not only is he the creator, he's the creator who did it as he said he did. And on six literal days and rested the seventh day. And the oath of that, the sign of that was the Sabbath. Well, here comes the circumcision. And the circumcision is a sign also, a sign of what? It's an outward sign in the flesh of an inward change that's happened. It's an inward change which has really happened to the parents. Because this is a sign, it's only a sign, but it's an indication that points to something else. The circumcision is an outward sign that points to an inward reality. And that inward reality is described by God in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 16, where God speaks about circumcision, not outwardly in the flesh, but he says to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 10, 16, circumcise therefore, moil therefore, the foreskin of your heart. He said, the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff necked. So he was saying that as opposed to being stiff necked, stubborn, obstinate, not moving, being like a mule with God, as opposed to being that, be soft hearted, be tender, be obedient, be responsive to God. And he says, he says that that is like circumcision. So it's like circumcising your heart. Cut away the part that makes you stiff-necked. He says also another place, that was using circumcision as a, as, as a symbol as opposed to being stiff-necked. But also, he used that analogy or symbol of the circumcision in Deuteronomy 30, verse 6, where he says, And the Lord God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed, to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul that thou mayest live. Now, always there has to be a person, a moil. We call him a moil. A moil is a person who actually does the circumcision within the Jewish uh, tradition. And uh, my grandfather was a moil, my, and, and he used to do the circumcision. My father, being an obstetrician, he used to also do circumcision, but he wasn't, a, wasn't really a traditional moil in that sense. But in any case, there must always be another person that performs the circumcision, right? A baby can't circumcise himself. A baby, another person comes. In that, in that analogy, in that picture, God says, I would like to use that picture. And he does use that picture in Deuteronomy 30, verse 6, to, to, where Moses says, the great moil is the Lord thy God. When it says, the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart. He's the one who will come and do this surgical procedure on your heart. Now, remember, in the case of Deuteronomy 10, verse 16, it, the purpose of the circumcision was so that they would not be stiff-necked. Here, he says in Deuteronomy 30, verse 6, the purpose of the circumcision with a cutting away of the foreskin, he says, the Lord thy God will circumcise thy heart and the heart of thy seed. And here's what happens after he does the circumcision of the heart, to love the Lord thy God, with all thine heart, with all thy soul, that thou mayest live. 
So here he's saying, if you let God, you present your heart to God, let him do the cutting away, let him do the circumcision, it is for the purpose so that you can love the Lord thy God. And he says, with all thine heart. So it's symbolic of taking away a distraction. It's symbolic of having another love, having another interest, being half-hearted, not being wholehearted in love to the Lord Jesus Christ. And And God says, you let me circumcise your heart, and then you will have a wholeheartedness. You know, that's what plagues us as believers, is this half-heartedness. It's this time of, of praying, but you're really 5,000 miles away thinking about something else. It's this half-heartedness of speaking about God, but you're really thinking about business. It's this half-heartedness that plagues us like a leprosy, and we would do anything to get rid of of this half-heartedness, and to restore, O oh God, in me the whole heart. And that was the whole meaning behind the whole burnt offering. It was to have the whole heart. And so God says here in Deuteronomy 30, verse 6, that if you let me be the moil, if you let me circumcise your heart, then you will love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. And he says, and the end result will be that thou mayest live. When we love the Lord Jesus Christ, when a person loves the Lord Jesus Christ with all of his heart, with all of his soul, then life comes. And so, then he says in Jeremiah 4, 4 verse 4, so now keep in mind that we've been covering the first verse, which is Deuteronomy 10, verse 16, where he said, you circumcise the foreskin in your heart. Now, how can it be? You circumcise, God circumcised. Well, the meaning is that when you consciously present yourself to God and he cuts away the distractions, you remove the distractions. You let God remove the distractions. All that is tied up with the idea of you circumcise your heart and God circumcises your heart. And so then he goes on in Jeremiah 4.4 and he continues with the you circumcise your heart and he says, circumcise yourselves to the Lord. So he, he's saying, you know, you be the moil. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your heart, ye men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire. So God does not like half-heartedness. God does not like love of the world. See, the foreskin represents love of the world, friendship with the world. And you know, you can say it like this. To the measure that a person is a friend of the world, they're the enemy of God. Because friendship with the world is enmity with God. And God wants us to cut the world away, to cut the world's interests out of us. God wanted to take his people out of Egypt, and he wanted to take Egypt out of his people. And God wants to take us out of the world, and he wants to take the world out of us. And that's what's all tied up in this meaning of circumcision, because If the people coming out of Egypt, the Jewish people coming out of Egypt, if Egypt wasn't out of the people, then, as it says in Hebrews, they were mindful of that country that they came out of, and they had opportunity to return. In other words, they kept saying, oh, it was better back there. We want to go back. It was a good food, the leeks and the garlics, and and, uh, we really enjoyed it back there. We want to return. We want to return, and that greatly provoked God to anger in the wilderness there. And in the same way, God does not want us to have a heart that wants to return to the world. He wants the world out of us, and that's what's tied up 
in these words, when the, the challenge is given to us, given to us, given to the Jewish people, circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your heart. And Deuteronomy, that was Jeremiah 4.4. 4. And then in Deuteronomy 10.16. Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart. And, of course, we run into the situation where we say, I just can't, I can't, I can't get the world out of my heart. It's just stuck in there. What do I do? Then you come to God and you present yourself with the Deuteronomy 30, verse 6. And then Moses says, I know, God knows. So now you present yourself and it says, and the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and, the, and, and so forth. So, in other words, in that case... You just present yourself to God. And all the, uh, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Lord, I try to circumcise my heart from the world, but uh, Lord, please circumcise my heart. And he works in many, many ways to do that. So the real circumcision that's being referred to here is in the heart. And the outward circumcision is only an oath. It's only a token of the real circumcision in the heart. And that's why God used this word. It might be a token between me and you. Now, the outward circumcision of the flesh, it cannot take the place of the inward circumcision of the heart. It cannot take the place. Just because a person is circumcised, that means nothing unless it is a real oath, a real token, a real sign of a change that's happened inwardly, of a circumcision of the heart that cannot be seen. And it's obvious that outward circumcision cannot be meaningful for the person being circumcised because he's only eight days old. He doesn't even know. But it can be meaningful for the parents. And soon we're, we're going to, at the chapel, have a baby dedication. And the, the parents are going to come with their newborn baby. And none of us expect a baby to lift itself up and to say, say to the congregation, excuse me, I want to testify. I'm dedicating myself today to God. <laughs> that was, none of us expect that. But as with circumcision and baby dedication, they are outward signs of what is hopefully, hopefully an inward decision and an inward reality. And a Jewish person can be circumcised outwardly and not have that inward circumcision of the heart. And this is what Paul was trying to say. This is what he's saying in Romans 2, 28 through 29. He's got this all in his view, Paul does, when he makes these astounding statements. Romans 2, 28 through 29. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men but of God. See, Paul is saying here, he's saying, of course, that's how, you know, I have a friend in a hobby and, uh, and his father was, uh, was a Jewish person in a Turkish background. In Turkey, and uh, during the Ottoman Empire, uh, his father uh, fought on the wrong side when it came for the British. He was fighting on the Ottoman side, and and uh, so the British had conquered him, and uh, and they said, uh, you know, uh, you are, uh, you know, you're you're uh, uh, you know an Ottoman, or and uh, you know he was. And he says, we're going to kill you, 
And Avi's father said, no, I'm a Jew, I'm a Jew. And uh, he, he, he said, uh, look, I'm a Jew. And then he, he dropped his pants and, and showed him that he was circumcised. But they still didn't believe him, by the way, because the Muslims also circumcised. So they were going to kill him. And then what he did is he recited the 23rd Psalm in Hebrew. And then he lived. And then my friend Avi was born. Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. This is a wonderful, unique program that's on radio today, and it's made available by you, the listener, and your support towards the Friendship with God radio program. Now, if you'd like to support this Bible teaching, Old Testament teaching, radio program, you can donate and support this program by going to friendshipwithgod.org and donating online, friendshipwithgod.org. Now, while you're there, there's plenty of free resources that are available for free listening, free download, friendshipwithgod.org. Please donate online and also plenty of free resources there for you to study and get a deeper friendship with God. Now, you can also call us at 800-247-3051. Again, that's 1-800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. You can call us. We can uh, take your one-time donation or a monthly donation, 800 247 3051. Or again, you can go to friendshipwithgod.org and donate online to support this radio program and also support Jewish evangelism ministry through Israel Restoration Ministries. So we'd love your monthly support or again, your one-time donation. You can also go to friendshipwithgod.org, as I mentioned earlier, for free resources, but also you can send a free gift to a lost Jewish person that you know. Someone who's Jewish but unsaved needs to hear the gospel. Tom Cantor's got his story on DVD and in a booklet form that's available for you to be able to give to a lost Jewish person through Israel Restoration Ministries for free. We'll send that to him. And by you supporting this radio program, you help support the gospel going to the Jew first. So go to friendshipwithgod.org, fill out the online form to send a free gift and to donate and support us online, or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051.